Hello, podcast pals. So myself and Andrea have been chatting over the phone and on WhatsApp, etc. about the poll this week and about the Sinn Féin surge. Um, and we've been just kind of talking incessantly about it and why it is, reasons that we think they're surging in the polls and maybe bits that media and other political parties are kind of missing about that. So we decided to do a bonus podcast talking about that. So I'm actually just walking up South William Street at the moment and I'm going to pop into Andrea's nail bar, Tropical Popical, to have a chat with her about this because she's in work. I'm just getting my nails done. Uh, this is how I spend my days, just chilling. <laughs> okay, so myself and Andre have come across the road uh, to one of our favourite uh, cafes, Clamina Pico, and um, we are just going to have a little chat about uh, the Sinn Féin surge, I suppose, as it's, as it's being called. Now, you have a lo- an awful lot of th- thoughts on why this is happening, Andre, and I think that... Um, you know, even just chatting briefly to the women who work in your business, there seems to be a tremendous amount of Sinn, F- of Sinn Féin support. And I guess that kind of speaks to this thing that we've been talking about together about um, this kind of female um, vote for Sinn Féin that's out there that maybe is being less reported. Why do you think um, they're surging in the polls and why do you think that is? Well, if I think back to when I started One Real Issues, the whole point was to try and mobilise all these women uh, to vote for a repeal. And if you look at how far we've come in terms of the cycle of repeal, how much people are are ready to vote and want change because they've seen the results of what happened when they got involved with repeal. And obviously repeal is a yes-no answer, but there's... There's definitely a heightened interest in politics from people who m- may not have been politicised before, and I think that's definitely as a result of marriage equality and repeal. And also, I suppose, if you look at how Sinn Féin performed during the repeal campaign, they were almost more progress. They were more progressive than the main parties who then who then took credit for bringing repeal to the table, like the Fine Gaels and Fianna Fáil or whatever. But Mary Lou was very staunchly taking a feminist uh, role in that, and I suppose. Um, Mary Lou has a lot to, to answer for in a good way um, and even her role as leader of the party like before it was a very much a lads buzz club it was like the lads and where they've come from historically which we don't need to go into now that's a whole different story but like you had Jerry Adams at the helm and it wasn't a very inviting party for women whereas now you've got Mary Lou who's like people look up to her people respect her people like want to be friends with her hi Mary Lou um, but that but you also ha- so she's like managed to bring this party forward with the lads buzz vibes and turn it into something that and you can kind of have this well I personally have this respect for her of being able to bring the party together because it felt like they were it was very there's a lot of fighting in fighting there's a lot of um lads buzz kind of shenanigans going on and for her to be able to do that not just as a woman but the fact that she did it as a woman is commendable so you kind of have a respect for her as a party leader Um, and also she's a great leader and you can like the recent spate of uh, controversy over being left out of the debates and like all the comments were like uh, Leo and Michal are like shitting themselves over because she's she's well able she's so competent as a leader um, and she has like you'd be almost a little bit like terrified to get on the wrong side of her I think um, you know a lot like 
most of what you're saying there is totally um, rings true. I think uh, other things that that poll showed where um, Sinn Féin were just two percentage points below Fine Gael's support is that they are the most popular party amongst 18 to 24 year olds. Now every single one of those 18 to 24 year olds was born after the ceasefire. So the legacy issues that maybe older um, political institutions like parties, politicians, media commentators, etc. You know, younger people who are looking at Sinn Féin now, Sinn Féin do not have the baggage yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that they had, that their maybe older siblings or parents or whatever think that they have. Um, I think that the politicisation of younger women during repeal and younger people in general during marriage equality is going to have an impact. Um, it, it was never going to have one, I suppose, in the immediate... Sorry, here's our coffees. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, it mightn't have had this, you know, massive immediate uh, impact, like... And, and people will talk about, well, how are they surging now, yet the collapsed in the locals? But I guess there's often not really a correlation between the local elections and the and the national elections. And also, you know, turnout in the locals was, you know, 49.7% or something. Like, you know, there's never a general election with that low turnout. And high turnout, high working class vote, high youth turnout works in Sinn Féin's favour. Now, in terms of how maybe people aren't necessarily... Um, tapping into the, the public sentiment of support for Sinn Féin. You mentioned Mary Lou's leadership. Um, while it was maybe internally a difficult transition, actually, you're right. Like People think she's she's great. She can wipe the floor with people in debates. Um, but the but public still has a very stately feel. Mm, she's yeah. well able to be the, the state politician. Yeah. Um, how much do you think that um, Sinn Féin being, or Mary Lou in particular, being excluded from the RTE debate has actually kind of weirdly bolstered their popularity. Uh, it 100%. Like, again, going to Twitter and the comments, uh, Waterford Whispered News had, like, a picture of Mary Lou with her own plinth and, like, Mary Lou turns up to the bait and, uh, with her own plinth. And then you have everyone going, wow, Mary Lou won that debate and didn't even have to be there. So, like, that was the kind of take on it. And obviously the debate was so lacklustre and so limp. There was nothing going on in it. Um because they're two sides of the same coin, if you will. Like they're not. There's nothing to fight over because they both agree on most things. And all they were talking about was legacy issues and how shit the other one did. It was like it was all personal. It was there was no policy. There was no anything. So Mary Lou being excluded. Obviously, there's like change.org campaign or petition set up to say how unfair this is. And obviously, it's driving people to think of the media bias and the way that it's been set up of just a two-party run campaign when it couldn't be further from the truth. She's two points, or not she, there's obviously a party behind her, uh, but they are two points behind our current government. So like, you have to be like, why the hell are they being left out? And people feel hard done by. And even if they don't support Sinn Féin, they, are, they think it's not fair. Well, I think when you have Mary O'Rourke saying that she doesn't think uh, it's fair that Mary Lou has been left out of the debate, you know, that's really, you'd have to wonder whether RTE called it properly there. And I mean, I suppose we're at a situation now where in the last election, you know, only half half the electorate didn't even vote for Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil. I would imagine that Pierre Stardy would probably do well to enclose the thank you card in his legal <laughs> correspondence to RTE because one thing that they've done, like we know that a lot of the time, you know, 
uh, you need something to fire up the base and some you need absolutely. something almost not bad to happen but you need something unfair to go hey wait that's yeah. not fair to kind of spring into action and have something to to be annoyed about or to get involved for so yeah, so within their existing supporters who, you know, a lot of Sinn Féin uh, supporters and members have a, a chip on their shoulder about media bias and about RTE being biased. And this, you know, it proves it, the point. well, it, 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 whether it proves the point or not, I, I don't know if, if that's entirely fair, but it certainly um, drives home this idea of like, yeah, we are being left out, we are being marginalised and that's not fair. And then other people um, who don't support Sinn Féin at all are like, well, why... Why, why, why aren't the rest of the electorate being represented? So the other piece that I want to talk about of why maybe media has missed um, some of this popularity is to do with um, how people talk about Sinn Féin and in particular how um, other politicians and political parties kind of discuss Sinn Féin. And so we know that Leo Varadkar in his tenure as Taoiseach has been hypercritical of Sinn Féin. He's always taken pops to them, la la la. You have the main party saying, we're not going to go into coalition with Sinn Féin, which is kind of like, okay. Well, like, they were literally like last night, we'll go into coalition with anyone, but not Sinn Féin. It was like, oh, calm down, babes. Like, what's your problem? And so you have um, that kind of political ecosystem where people are extraordinarily critical of Sinn Féin, let's say in, in on Kildare Street or whatever. The political establishment is very critical of Sinn Féin, yeah. right? And they're very uh, critical in a kind of particular way. Now, journalists as well you know are critical creatures are analytical creatures you look for the facts um, you really kind of kick the tires of everything that you are looking at or you would hope that you would be doing so um, and there are flaws no doubt in Sinn Féin's policies some people say that some of their figures and their budgetary side of their policies are a bit fantastical right and that they promise loads of stuff and how are they going to pay for it um, there's also issues that uh, people talk about around dissent in the party how dissent um, is not a characteristic of Sinn Féin there have also been high profile uh, bullying incidents in the party and then of course you know we're talking about um, the the, we we could talk about the broader legacy of Sinn Féin, but I, I don't and the historical context. But I actually don't think that the voters are really taking that into account. To be quite honest, not a new generation of voters, anyway. So the thing is, when journalists are existing within um, the political ecosystem, and when they are reporting from the political institutions, obviously there's loads of people who are very capable of stepping outside of that bubble and reporting and writing very well about it. But you know, inevitably. Um, unconsciously or not you are going to subsume some of the Sinn Féin critical uh, rhetoric that happens yeah. and, and that kind of permeates some aspects of the media as well maybe not um, taking them as seriously or whatever the other part of that is you can point out all of the you know nitty gritty of flaws and all that kind of stuff as you know a journalist or as a, a politician who is in Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael or whatever the electorate care slightly less about detail and those kind of and those kind of yeah. things than um, journalists and other politicians do you've got so many people who feel forgotten and let down by Fianna Gael and traditional politics politicians who are just about playing the game and they're like hey this is my life and it feels like Sinn Féin are coming in going we're going to solve your real life problems as opposed to like we're going to give put 30,000 in your pocket to buy a house that you can't afford to buy anyway because you still don't have a plot of land like do you know that way I feel like it's real life real spice I suppose the other aspect of why um, they seem to be doing well is because there are a couple of 
key uh, candidates uh, who really are kind of star media performers. So you have Mary Lou. But not even just star media performers. If like you, this is the, when I went once upon a time to set up my perfect government I was like why don't we have um, people who are experts in what they do leading that area of government so if you have an agricultural expert leading that side of things if you had a Gwelgor remember there was like people who didn't even speak Irish leading that section um, of government but if you had people who were experts in their field as the minister for that area it would make so much sense so you have people like Ono Breen who is like like so nerdily good on housing like he's written the book uh, and just because you write a book obviously doesn't you can write whatever you want in a book but like he talks sense he has the know-how to back it up and he has and you trust him and what he's saying is fact uh, you have then uh, the health minister who's who's the same the you health have spokesperson yeah spokesperson sorry and then you have like <laughs> you're forecasting a bit too far in the future there <laughs> all of Sinn Féin's cabinet <laughs> but then and you have Pierce Doherty who's like so amazing at speaking he and not just speaking but he has the the facts to back it up so you have these experts in these roles and it's like okay well we we like experts and not just people who are like I want to make a difference like Al Murphy who hadn't a clue about housing when he came into the role he wanted to do good but he doesn't have the expertise so like he can't so like I suppose that goes some way to the to making I suppose people who are looking in so, like support them and trust them where you where you have uh, like politicians who are career politicians and they're they're just doing a job whatever they turn their hand to as opposed to I care about housing so I really want to do this do you know that way I think um you know the biggest gift to um Ono Bryn was Owen Murphy and the biggest gift to Pierce Doherty was the insurance industry and I think that um attacking and um being competitive about those two things have really helped Sinn Féin and you know who would have thought that after almost a decade of feminist-led grassroots activism that caused huge social change, that the people to benefit would be people with a party with a female leader and a really strong ground game, right? I mean, they're... And, as well, so it feels like recently Sinn Féin have diversified, and this could be me taking something out of the sky, which I te- can do sometimes, but it, fe- like it feels like in the past all they cared about was a united Ireland and republicanism, whereas now they're cause-related, they're going in for the issues that matter to the people that they represent, and maybe that's just my take on things, but it fe- that's what I kind of see and absorb. Um, of course, their support can be overstated in the polls, and um, it, they can underperform on uh, voting day that can happen and it probably will happen their support maybe is a little bit overstated but there really does feel like there is something happening now of course Sinn Féin are uh, master strategists they've been playing the long game for a long time the fact that they're garnering support amongst kind of women in particular who may not traditionally gravitate towards the party is I suppose maybe the result of Sinn Féin wanting people to think about Sinn Féin the way Sinn Féin wants people to think about them. You know, there is a degree of strategising there with regards to changes in leadership. Who doesn't strategise? That's the whole... You have to. Like, you have to decide who your core voter is and how you're going to attract them. Like, it's marketing 101. A lot of the the (coughs) popularity of Sinn Féin 
um, well, a, a slice of it anyway, again, is about a sentiment piece of their popularity that, you know, you can't quantify it in the same way that you can with polling and all that kind of stuff. But it's very obvious to me that um, people in their kind of 30s, 20s, teenagers um, have reinvented Irish identity, um, have participated in creating a more diverse, inclusive, socially progressive society in some ways um, and are now embracing a kind of a, I would say a national I mean I would say a very kind of a benign nationalism um, maybe probably uh, you know much less problematic nationalism or Irish dancing rather than we're taken to the streets to kick yeah yeah I, so I think it's like when you look at as an aside did you see Coco Russia doing an Irish dance on Jean-Paul Gaultier last night no she did so I think that we're seeing a shift um when you look at how people are embracing their identity and there's this kind of benign patriotism occurring across the board, there's a renewed appreciation for the Irish language, there's a renewed appreciation for aspects of Irish culture that were previously deemed kind of unfashionable, like traditional music, like Irish iconography, symbolism, that is permeating a lot of design, it's permeating a lot of contemporary music genres like hip-hop. There's a kind of renewed sense of like identity rooted in place um, that is not about othering people who aren't from there actually it's about including everyone um, you've pe- you know and I think you know the kind of the Guan Ireland culture that has emerged um, as part of this generational shift um, you know the party that stands to really claim that is Sinn Féin you know and I think that whereas previously their republicanism and um, desire for united Ireland uh, may have you know especially people in the republic themselves who often don't give a toss about Northern Ireland kind of excluded people now I think actually um, a lot of other people are on the same page as them and then you have something like Brexit and all of the uh, st- sentiment that that stirred up all of the clueless rhetoric we had to hear from various politicians in the UK about Ireland um, not understanding Ireland and, 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 the, and the patriotism that that stirred up which is also uh, a lot of anti-English sentiment as well and the fact that the United Ireland uh, has been put um, you know back on the table as a a potential possibility in the next decade you know this has been Sinn Féin's uh, singular goal and if if that becomes a reality it's going to be pretty awkward for other parties to all of a sudden uh, lay claim to what has been Sinn Féin's main policy for years and years and years so I think all of those things are combining um, and and their popularity is also happening uh, at a time where we have this decade of centenaries all across the 2016 commemorations and people were you know talking about what a republic means to them it causes and then we also have the RIC thing which literally turned people like Comedia Black and Tans was number one in the charts it was like flying people over to Sinn Féin like indirectly obviously Leo didn't uh, probably plan that but it, it happened yeah it was a massive um, gaffe for Charlie Flanagan and Leo Varadkar just before um, you know the election campaign kicked off and you know Mary Lou McDonald can make hay from that you know and you hear her you know coming out talking about like you know disrespecting our patriot dead and there's no way we should be commemorating the black and tans and all this kind of stuff and people are like yeah <laughs> you know so everything has been going right for them yeah. and the sentiment um, that m- may be the kind of spark uh, that sets Sinn Féin off on a, on a, on a much more mainstream path uh, potentially has been lit 
during this election. Whether or not that translates uh, on voting day really kind of depends on turnout. Um, and and it, who turns out. And who turns out, exactly. And also... Um, That's how voting works. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also about whether Fine Gael, um can turn their uh, pretty ropey start to a campaign around. Um, so those are our thoughts on the Sinn Féin surge. Um, actually, we might pop back over to Tropical Popical and, and get a few more thoughts um, from your homegirls in there. How about that? Yes. Straw poll for a second. Who are you going to vote for? Uh, Sinn Féin. What? I listened to a podcast the other day. <laughs> My name is Lydia and I am voting for Sinn Féin. How come? Um, because we've had Fianna Fáil and we've had Fianna Gael um, in government for too long and look what's happened. Uh, so just by default. <laughs> and also I'm a massive fan of Mary Lou McDonald's. I think she's fantastic. And I think she stayed very calm and composed during this whole ordeal. Uh, Megan Page, I'm voting for Sinn Féin. Why? Uh, I don't know. What? Now what did you say the other day? Oh. Because um, they're keeping pensions at the age of 65 and uh, well, minimum wage is 12 something, which is good. And wasn't it like you were saying, we had our meeting the other day and we were talking about this, and you were like, you, some one of your friends put something up on Instagram. You're like, oh yeah, they posted it up, and then I, that's how I saw about it because I wouldn't have known anything about it if he didn't share the little snippet thing. So I was like, oh yeah, actually, I'm going to vote for them just because of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Who are you voting for? Ashton Fane. There you go. <laughs> I'm beginning to sense a pattern here. Why, um, but why are you voting for Sinn Féin? I'm voting for Sinn Féin because I want the rents to decrease so that I can actually move out of my mum's house <laughs> with my child. And, yeah, have her to have her own freedom and her own room. Do you, like, feel forgotten? by Fianna Gael and Fianna because you're a single parent or am I just projecting onto you? Oh no, definitely I do, yeah, because like I just feel like there's not an awful lot of support out there for single parents. You know, you get criticised for working, you get less money for working, so yeah, hopefully that is more jobs as well for us to, for single parents to work for and yeah. And do you think they should like, don't you know the way there's the barrier of how many hours you're allowed to work without, and then if you work like one hour over that or if you get a raise or anything we have to like be conscious of your rate of pay and everything so that you get as much support as you can yeah. as a single parent that's holding you back from working yeah, more definitely because like, like you witnessed it like when I was looking to get like more payment wise or whatever like from FIS from family income support and because I didn't work enough hours I couldn't get it so I got a pay rise in here of, I think, like a euro at the time. And then I got decreased in my loan parents by 70 and 50 because of the fact that my income had gone up by a euro. So you're kind of at a lost cause, yeah, because you work more hours, you get less money, work less hours, which is not good for your mental health either. Like you have to get out of your house and, you know, try and get a living for you and your child and stuff. So, yeah, you're kind of at a loss everywhere, like... How, who are most people that you know voting for? Uh, most people I know is voting for Sinn Féin. Yeah, because of that reason as well, you know. And I heard also like that if Sinn Féin do win, that it's like childcare costs are going to be cut and like it's going to be more affordable for working class people to get back out to work but also afford childcare. You know, and I think working, even a part-time job is good for your mental health. You know, which it is, like it gets you out, it gets you socialised with adults, not stuck in four walls all day with a child, like... So yeah, that's why I'm voting for Sinn Féin. My name's Joe, and I'm voting for Sinn Féin. Why? 
I done the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> What's the quiz? The quiz Andrew sent in. It's what? like you answer loads of questions to see where your values align, and it it suggests who, what party you're most in line with. Yeah, because it has like like environmental, there's like culture and everything. So there's loads of different questions on. So I only know like a little bit about little things. So these are like so broad across that I wouldn't really know a bit a lot about. Legislation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like, that cr- crack. So when I done the, like, I have my own views, but when I done the quiz, it really kind of like was like, yeah, well, your views are more sided with Sinn Fein. So I had an idea that I was going to go with Sinn Fein anyway, but that kind of put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye.